Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back. And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I got a lot to say today. I was posted on Instagram and that's an IGTV and I did a video in my group and I want to expand on this idea that I talked about in these videos about... No one being entitled to your forgiveness. And initially, when I talked about it in the video, I talked about it in terms of um, infidelity and healing from infidelity. And uh, then I got all these messages and comments and questions be like, well, what about, um, does this account for alcohol abuse? Does this count for mental illness? Does this count for, yes. It counts for everything. No one is entitled to your forgiveness. And so what do I mean by this? So I was talking about it in terms of affairs. So I'm going to, I'm going to use infidelity as an example, but I want you to be able to hear it for any, literally anything else you can think of. If you're, if you are literally at the end of this podcast, going to email me and be like, what do you think? Should this apply to? Yes. It should. Here's what I hear a lot. I hear about infidelity that, you know, someone is unfaithful and, you know, um, I work with a lot of women and so often it's their husbands that have been unfaithful, although not always. And one of the things that I always say about infidelity is that affairs don't occur in vacuums, right? So there is something that is off in your relationship. So if you are the one to have um, been unfaithful, um, then, you know, this, this, this just applies across the board. It doesn't really matter who was unfaithful. I just usually hear it from the perspective of a woman who has, who has been cheated on. If you are a man and has been cheated and has been cheated on, this applies to you too. So very often I'll hear, he had an affair, he cheated on me. Um, he went to, we went to therapy together. He's doing the work and he is mad at me because I'm not over it. (laughs) Or in therapy, he says something like, it was in the past. Why can't you just forget it? Let's move on. Right. Or he's doing all the work and he's doing all the right things. And I still can't trust him. What's wrong with me? And the bottom, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. You've been betrayed. You have been hurt. And you're not healed yet. But if he's going to therapy, or she is going to therapy and saying, all right, I admit it. I, I fucked up. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Can we just move on now? No, you fucking can't. The only person who gets to say when they're healed and ready to move on is the person who has been the victim of the offending act. So 
if you have been living with a lifelong drinker whose drinking really, really bothers you, and then they stop drinking for two weeks, and then they're like, what? I don't drink anymore. It's fine. Let's just move on. But you're still carrying the weight of the years and years of living with an alcoholic, or even if they're in in 12-step recovery, you know, they're their job, if they're actually in 12-step recovery, is to make amends to you. Um, by the way, not until the ninth step. So that may be years away, right? Depending on who their sponsor is and how quickly they go through the steps. This is, a, this is about actions. This is about them doing the work and opening the door for you to be okay. It is not about them taking a step in the right direction and then being like, what? Everything's fine. Can we just move on now? No, you can't fucking move on now. The other thing that I that I hear a lot is that is that people are so here's the deal. If someone is going into into any kind of recovery, whether that's therapy or coaching or a 12-step program or anything, and then they're like, "See, I'm doing the work. What's your problem that you're not okay with this now? That you're not that I'm not uh that you're not forgiving me. You why can't you just move on?" then they're not really doing the work because true work, the real work should be for them, not to show you that they got a gold star. And so, you know, can we just get back to the way things were? Um, The work should be systemic. It should be really, really, really deep. Right. And even then you don't have to forgive them. You don't have to forgive anybody, anything that you don't truly feel safe and able to forgive. Um, It may be too much. The offense or the betrayal may have just been too much. And if they're really doing the work, they should say to you um, that their, their recovery should be generous. Their recovery should be, hey, I'm doing all of this work and I'm opening the door for your forgiveness. And if you choose to walk through that door and and bestow it on me, then I would be a hundred percent grateful. And I am and I am here and ready to and willing to work. And if my betrayal was too much for you, and you cannot forgive me, I'm still doing this work because it's important. And I'm doing it for myself. And, you know, they're doing it to be a better co-parent, to be a better parent, to be a better human, right? And if you can come back from that, and frankly, that is the only time you should forgive someone. You should probably only feel safe enough to forgive someone who is willing to not be forgiven. Because that shows generosity and that it really is about systemic change, not just about a manipulative tactic to try to get things to go back to normal. Because guess what? If you, if you walk through that door, the patterns, whatever behavior patterns happen, they will drink again. They will, they will probably cheat again. They'll do all of the things again. Now, this also applies with mental illness because it is entirely possible that your spouse has, you know, undergone some mental illness and or had a diagnosis and then they go to therapy and they uh, get on the right medication and they're doing the work. They're really, truly doing the work. 
And you may not feel safe to return to the marriage to the way it was. You certainly wouldn't be safe to turn return to the way it was, but you may not feel safe to open your heart again to someone who has really hurt you, especially in cases of, you know, with um, I have clients who are married to people who have been diagnosed as, as bipolar and that, that a lot of shit has gone down uh, in, in manic episodes or, you know, just dealing with, with mental illness and dealing with mental illness is a really, really, you know, healing from mental illness for the, for the person who is, has the diagnosis. It's a really big deal. It is a lifelong challenge. Um, and you know, someone can be on medication for many, many years and suddenly stop working and have to, you know, switch medications. People go off their medications. So just because they're in treatment now doesn't necessarily mean everything's perfect now. And I would caution you against thinking like, oh, everything's perfect now. I remember, you know, uh, when my dad first got sober was a huge thing for me because the first thing I thought was, oh, he's sober. And so now everything's fine. And everything wasn't fine for many, 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 many more years. Um, Just because he didn't drink, there was a lot of healing to be done. And there was a lot of growth for him. You know, he stopped drinking, but there was still all the behaviors around it. And, you know, I'm happy to say that that he's a completely transformed person now. He's, you know, my, um, you know, we're incredibly close. And, you know, but that took many, many years. And it took many years of, of for me to trust him again. Uh, and, you know, he's my dad. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I didn't have much. Well, I did have a choice, right? I didn't have to. I didn't have to trust him again. I didn't ever have to speak to him again. But I, I chose to. Um, because I wanted to, but it took, it took a long time. And if you are, and, and he worked hard, he worked really, 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 really hard. And, um, and, and I think he was willing to let me go. And indeed there were, there was a period of years where I didn't speak to him after his sobriety and he was willing to hold that. Uh, he was, you know, willing to respect that for me. And I think that that period of time is probably what brought us back and closer together. When someone says, I'm doing all the work, why can't, you know, what's wrong with you that you can't forgive me? Um, I would be very suspicious of that. Um, and in fact, not just suspicious, that's a red flag. That's a, that's a, that's a huge red flag. That's sort of like flaming. It's on fire. Who said that in our Facebook group the other day? So, so that was really funny. First, there's a red flag and then they, then they just set it on fire. <laughs> Which I fucking loved. Um, so that's a flaming, that's a red flag that's on fire. The bottom line is nobody is entitled to your forgiveness. And that if you don't feel safe and if you are not ready to forgive, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. This is, this is simply that you're not ready to forgive them. And you may never be ready to forgive them. And you may be willing to forgive them at some point, but you're not there yet. And it takes two and you both have to meet um, on the field together in order to make that happen. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about today is this thing that I keep hearing a lot is around when you sort of identify an issue or a problem. We see this a lot in emotional abuse. We see this with alcoholism, which is that once you sort of figure it out, you're like, oh, I'm being emotionally abused. 
oh, holy shit, that's what that is. And then the first thing you want to do is go and tell him that what he's doing is emotionally abusing you. And if he would just understand that this is emotional abuse, then he would, of course, he would stop, right? No. (laughs) We're not here to try to get him, the other person, to understand what they're doing. They fucking know exactly what they're doing. They know it. Especially if they, by the way, if someone treats you differently in front of other people, than they do alone at home, they know exactly what they're doing. If you're with someone who treats you one way in public and a different way in private, then they 100% are capable of treating you well. They're simply choosing not to when no one's looking. So going up to that person and saying, don't you see what you're doing is not useful at all. It's not helpful, but it's not only that, it's, it's besides the point because my love, the person who needs to know is you. The bottom line is that you are the person who needs to understand this, right? So it's not about getting him to understand if he would just understand that he was an alcoholic, Right. I had a client say to me earlier today, like, I've sent him all the articles. I've sent him all the articles on alcoholism. It's so obvious that he's an alcoholic. He's not willing or able to take responsibility for the fact that he's an alcoholic. And what if we didn't label it? Right. Bottom line is his drinking bothers me. Right. This is a huge thing in Al-Anon that we talk about is that alcoholism is a self-diagnosed disease, which means that we don't get to say if anybody else is an alcoholic. And one of the reasons for that is that other people get to take responsibility for their own journey and their own process and their own diagnosis. Another reason for that is it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter what the label is. All that matters is that you are uncomfortable and you do not feel safe living with someone who is in active addiction that you don't want to raise your children around someone who's in active addiction. And if he would just understand that, then he would change. No, if you would just understand that, maybe you will change. Maybe you will stop trying to get him to stop drinking. Maybe you will take the focus off of him and put it on yourself and your children. Maybe you will stop controlling the situation and allow him to have his own process. So, you know, the other thing about this, certainly with with addiction, is that when we're constantly trying to force our process onto someone else, we actually um, we we impede their ability to find their own process. And this is really uh, important in addiction. You know, I see all the time where people have been trying to get their 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 spouse to get sober, to go to AA or whatever. And as soon as they stop, then the other person is able to find their own process. They're able to find their own version of a higher power. They're able to find, you know, maybe they find sobriety through something other than AA when we've been ramming AA down their throats. And how about like if we didn't ram it down their throats, maybe they would have found it a long time ago and actually gone because nobody likes to be pushed and controlled and manipulated, Right. 
And these people many often would have gotten sober a lot sooner if they didn't have people constantly trying to ram it down their throats because, you know, we're all rebellious in that way. We all have an inner rebellious teenager. But my point here, right, is that it's not about getting him or getting the other person to understand what they're doing. It's about getting you to understand what they're doing. So if you are being emotionally abused, going to your abuser and saying, oh my God, what you're doing, see, like, I figured it out. I figured it out. This is emotional abuse. No, honey, if you figured it out, get the fuck out. If you're being emotionally abused, you need to own that understanding. And the first thing we want to do is we want to deflect the understanding. We want to give it to the other person because we are too scared and uncomfortable to hold what that means for us and what we actually have to do in the face of it. The choices that we have to make in the face of that knowledge and understanding is, can be so terrifying and can be so huge that it's a lot easier to just deflect it and put it onto the other person. So if you're doing this, first of all, know that you're not alone because I would not be doing a podcast episode on this if I didn't hear this as often as I do. So you're not alone and be gentle with yourself because the reason that you're trying to get him to change is the, is honestly because it's easier than, than the work that you have to do. But the work that you have to do is so much more rewarding. And by the way, it may or may not necessitate you leaving if you don't want to. Um, it really won't. But taking the focus off the other person and stop and, and stopping trying to get, you know, forcing someone um, into a process that may or may not be the best for them uh, is not going to help your marriage any. Right. Actually stopping that might improve things in ways that, you know, I know many, many, many people, um, you know, old timers now and on who are still married to their active alcoholics or people whose drinking bothers them. Now, are they really happy? I don't know. Like, I don't want to get into that. You know, some people make it work. They really do. And they find other other ways to enjoy their relationship. But nagging and controlling and pushing someone to try to get something about their own behavior is not a way to have that happen. And again, it's really a deflection. It's a deflection off of the work that you have to do. Because when we spend all of our time, you know, they say in Al-Anon all the time, um, put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Because when we spend so much time with a magnifying glass examining other people's behavior, we lose sight of ourselves. We really lose sight of ourselves. We lose our own self-esteem. We lose our confidence. We lose our strength. We lose perspective. We lose our essence because it takes so much energy to try to control someone else. So those are my two main things I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about the fact that no one is entitled to your forgiveness, that the only person who gets to say when you are healed and ready to move forward is you. And that trying to get the other person to see or understand what they have been doing 
uh, is not going to help your situation either. You are the one. You are the one who has got to sort of come to grips with the reality of what's really happening in your relationship. And I want to invite you to call me if that's the case. If, if that's the if you're having trouble with that, um, I work one on one with people. It's really funny. I often get all these emails from people being like, oh, I didn't know that you actually work with people. Oh, my God. I am a coach. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys call me. I'm a coach. When I say I'm working with women, I'm literally working with women all of the time. And I have a couple spots open right now for private one on one clients. And um, you can if you go onto my website and click work with me. You'll see a private coaching page. I will actually link that in the show notes, my private coaching page, and you can set up a consult and we will, uh, find, we'll have a, 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 a consult to find out if we're a good match for, uh, one on one coaching. But this is my wheelhouse, guys. This is what I do. I also have my other programs, my should I stay or should I go and rooted programs, um, which are going to be getting an overhaul in the next month or so, which I'm very excited about. But uh, my one-on-one -on -one work is always the most effective uh, way to work with me. So that's that. And if, and if anything in this uh, podcast episode resonated for you, um, yeah, <laughs> we should talk. All right. Have a great week. And I will see you next week with another very special guest. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.